Wake up, world. You are now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here at the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful PacWest Center in downtown Portland, which is also a home of 1029 and 750 The Game. Um, I got Rodney back in here with me. What up, Rod? What's going on, world? What's good? What's good? So Rodney and I are back. And uh, first off, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already to the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. It's on iTunes. Also, if you don't prefer iTunes and you like SoundCloud and that floats your boat, we're there too. Wake Up and Win with Devon Pouncey. We're right there. So be sure to subscribe be write a review tell us what you think let it be known put it out there um if you already are a subscriber and if you're not a subscriber subscribe and write a review we'll take both all works around here so um we are getting ready to jump straight into this because it's been a crazy week since the last time we were on here last week yeah last week we had dr jules boykoff on the show and He got to tell us, you know, he got to get in depth with us about Olympic politics and he got to get in depth with us also about athlete activism. And yeah, he dropped some gems. He dropped some gems. And little did we know the very next day after we recorded, Donald Trump was going to call NFL players sons of bitches. God. (laughs) Little did we know, (laughs) you know, he told you, Jules came on and let us know we were in a special place in politics and. You know, it was a lot going on. And, it, and like I said, he he broke down the Donald Trump effect on the Olympics. And he just broke a bunch of stuff down. But little did we know that sons of bitches were going to be called from the White House. And then obviously you had Steph Curry as well, who uh, I guess he got his invite rescinded from the president. How you going to take somebody's <laughs> invitation away? It was not coming. Exactly. So you got that happening. And Sheesh. then... Uh, we did have a crazy weekend in the world of sports too. We had Carmelo is going to OKC. I'm kind of, I'm kind of mad he didn't come here to Portland though. I know I would have liked to see that. I'm kind of mad. I would have loved oh, to that see that. That would have been so dope for me. Well, now the, the tickets gonna stay affordable though. Yeah, so yeah, that's it, true. It's it's pleasant. That's true. I mean, I, I don't have to pay for tickets, so I, I have to pay for yeah, tickets. I mean, things happen. Things happen. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing is I don't I don't have to pay for them perks of being a radio host but either way i, I definitely wish he would have came here because i would have been very interested in oh, being yeah. able to cover him it, it, it's gonna still be a lot to talk about in the nba just because so much happened over the offseason and you know right here in portland you do still got dame and cj obviously we cover more of the local teams oregon ducks oregon state um NCAA football, basketball, but the only perfect. Well, we got the Timbers. Our station covers the Timbers. I don't really, I'm not too big of a soccer guy myself, but we're actually the home of the Timbers. And we got people, we got a talk Timber show. We got a show designated just to the Timbers. So I allow those people to stay in their lane and I stay in mine. But obviously, of the major sports, the only professional team that we have out here in Portland is the Trailblazers. So. It's the NBA. They play a lot of games. It's always going to be something to talk about, especially because you'll be having that. And then college football will still be going on and NCAA basketball. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about those frauds today, too. Oh, it's a lot going on with that. Yeah, so we got the FBI investigation. We got Carmelo going to OKC. We got D-Wade going to Cleveland. We got, I said, camp is started for the NBA. But we're going to start off – with the president. Um, yesterday on the Justin and Devon radio show, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon on 1029 The Game, be sure to tune in because I always tell y'all I know this isn't enough of me for y'all because, uh, yeah, once a week just isn't enough to hear my voice. But anyway, we uh, we were afforded the luxury to have Dave Zirin on. Dave Zirin, he's, a, he's, a, he's an activist. He he supports athlete activism. He he's a writer. He's the sports editor for the nation. He uh, he has the Edge of Sports podcast. He focuses on mm. politics and the intersectionality that it has with sports. Uh, he actually has a really good relationship with Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Um, one of the few people, because if you notice, we haven't really heard much from Colin Kaepernick. He's, he's kind of fell out the spotlight. Throughout, yeah, throughout this whole protesting phase that's happening right now, which Colin Kaepernick was the trendsetter for, obviously, last season. 
but we haven't really heard much. But he and Zyron, they, you know, they got a really good relationship. Zyron is also, we talked about Michael Bennett here on the show. Zyron is also helping Bennett write his book right now. That's who Bennett is connected with to write the book. And Zyron just, he just covers all things when it comes to the intersectionality of sports and politics. So yesterday on the radio show, actually, I had the luxury of Justin and I had the luxury of interviewing Dave Zyron. And I usually don't, you know, cross my podcast with my radio show. I may make a mention to the radio show sometimes on the podcast. And I usually don't bring the two together on the radio show. Like I said, we cover a lot more of the local teams out here. Ducks football, Ducks basketball, Portland Trailblazers. That's that's what the radio show is all about. This is the market that we're in. Right. But with everything that happened over the weekend in the world of sports, especially with its collision with politics, we had no choice but to come in on Monday and Tuesday and yesterday, which was Wednesday. Now today is Thursday. It's just been hard to avoid this conversation. Definitely. After definitely. what has happened and what's taking place right now in the world of sports. So we had Dave Zyron on and I'm not I'm not gonna play the entire interview, but I'm definitely gonna play some of the interview and then me and Rodney will kinda talk about it, break it down and tell you how we feel about it. And then like I said, we'll dig into the NBA. We'll dig into Adidas and Nike and it's so much content for us to dig into that we might be here for a little while today but y'all enjoy it anyway so we're gonna start off with this interview we're gonna play a little bit of that and then like I said we're just gonna go in from there so check it out Coming off the bench, Oregon's all-stars are here. Justin and Devon on 1029 and 750 The Game. It's been one of the craziest weeks in sports that I can remember. Lots and lots of stuff to dive into and discuss. And the NFL and the protests during the anthem has been one of the biggest topics that we have seen in sports. And uh, now joining us to talk about it, he is the sports editor for The Nation. He also hosts the Edge of Sports podcast. Dave Zyron joining the show. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show. I know you've been doing the rounds, and it has kind of uh, it's been an unbelievably busy time for you. Here's what I want to do with my my first question because. I feel like amongst all of the discussions and the emotions that come with this NFL story, that the message has been lost. You have talked to Colin Kaepernick. You've talked to Michael Bennett. If you could maybe break down the message that these players are trying to portray or not portray, but to trying to get across in a reader's digest version, what would be the message that this protest is trying to get across? Well, when we talk about the protests, I mean, we're talking about the, say, dozen or so players who were protesting before Donald Trump poured gasoline on all of these flames. And in a word, uh, it's about police violence, and it's about using uh, the anthem space as a place to raise awareness about police violence and using their platform as football players to raise awareness about police violence. And it's effectively about the gap between what we are told the flag and the anthem represents, and the lived experiences of families who have to deal with the fact that the people who are paid to protect us can kill them and then not even receive justice. That's what all of this is about. It's not just about the killings of people. It's about the fact that when it's all said and done, nobody is accountable for what took place. That's what all of this is about from point one. And you're absolutely right that that message has gotten lost in Trump's kind of toxic narcissism and then the posturing by the National Football League and the showcase of unity and or making it about free speech. I mean, it's become just this word salad. I mean, when you have Jerry Jones, who a year ago was threatening his own players if they took a knee, now taking a knee on Monday Night Football, you know we've crossed the Rubicon from a very clear message to utter confusionism. So with that being said, and I know you have a relationship with Kaepernick and 
I want to know what you would say Kaepernick's perspective would be right now, being that he still doesn't have a job, but we are now starting to see these owners, uh, you know, now take a stance with them taking a knee and joining their joining their players during these protests. What would you say Kaepernick's uh, mentality would be now, even though he still doesn't have a job, but he does see these owners now actually taking a stance with some of these players? You know, it's so interesting because, you know, there's this famous quote from Bill Russell uh, after they did what was called the Ali Summit, after Muhammad Ali's title was stripped away from him for his opposition to the Vietnam War. And Bill Russell was asked kind of a similar question to that. Obviously not exactly, Devon, but, but kind of similar, where he was asked, how is Muhammad Ali doing? Are you worried about Muhammad Ali? What's his state of mind like? And Bill Russell's response was so great. He said, I'm not worried about Muhammad Ali. I'm worried about the rest of us. And that's kind of how I feel about Colin. I mean, he is so chill and so at peace with the choices that he has made over the last year that he's kind of looking at this, all of this now with almost like a, a perspective and a distance. And he absolutely wants to play football again. Uh, he's looking at these owners standing up and just sort of being like, wow, okay. He is concerned about the original message of these protests becoming profoundly diluted and confused. And he believes very strongly, though, that the task of making sure that that original message is not forgot, the task of making sure that the names Alton Sterling and Philando Castile and Michael Brown and Charlena Lyles and Sandra Bland and Tamir Rice, the task of making sure those aren't forgot, that's all of our tasks. He has no desire to be like the grand savior of the movement or, you know, the person who's at the front of the march. That's just not how he's wired. You know, he's just somebody who wants to make sure that this message isn't forgotten. And, you know, he's organizing another Know Your Rights camp right now. Like his act, he's just given more money away to community organizations. His activism is ongoing and it's not stopping. But it's activism that's very much a part of who he is and what he's comfortable doing. He's the last person who I think would be comfortable on, like, Meet the Press or on some one of those jackass cable news shows, like he, which I which I appear on, <laughs> acting like a jackass. You know? <laughs> but he's but 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 that's just not the way he's wired. Um, just like I don't know if I'm wired dealing with 500 uh, eight-year-olds for six hours to teach them about history and nutrition, which is the kind of stuff that he does. So, you know, he's doing the work that he's comfortable with. He's working out six days a week, waiting for that call from the NFL. And I think like the rest of us, he's just kind of looking at this situation like, you know, like it's Alice in Wonderland. I mean, here, there, there's an NFL owner on the cover of Sports Illustrated and Roger Goodell on the cover of Sports Illustrated linking arms as if they are the resistance. And meanwhile, Colin Kaepernick is not even on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and he's still without a job. I mean, it's kind of this absurd situation. And like I said, like the rest of us, he's just kind of looking at it like, wow, <laughs> what, what, what a world in which we live. What a time to be alive. Dave Zirin is our guest. He is the sports editor from The Nation. He also hosts the Edge of Sports podcast. And, and, and Dave, uh, the questions and the discussion I wanted to have with you is about moving forward because I think, and now maybe I could be completely wrong on this, but I think we've gotten to the point now where everybody has dug their heels in and they believe what they believe and there's not going to be an awful lot of minds being changed in terms of how you feel about the anthem, how you feel about players taking a knee. And it's kind of become Cecil the Lion kind of, you know, or the United, the guy on the United flight that got drug off. Off. It's become a hashtag. What is the next step for the original message? Because I think the original message is good. I think there does need to be an open dialogue on policing in 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 the community. What's the next step here? Because it's gotten to the point where I think everybody's dug their heels in and made up their mind one way or the other. Yeah, which is, I mean, I think such a hallmark of this presidency, honestly. I mean, I think I mean, if we want to put some accountability on that, some of it can certainly go towards our 140-character Twitter culture, but some of it also goes to a president of the United States who feeds off polarization, feeds off uh, that kind of culture war politics, 
as he sa- as he says openly, as reported in the New York Times, that he wants to stand up for, for basically for for white people. You know, this this for white working class people as as how he puts it. And it's like this person who you know goes to the bathroom on a gold plated toilet. This billionaire from New York is now the voice of the people of Alabama. Is just again like just we are through the looking glass in this country right now when it comes to politics. I mean, I think to be very frank with you that the next step will not be determined by the National Football League. I mean, it'll be determined by people the way it's always been determined by people who are willing to uh, fight the fight in the public square and peacefully. You know, as, as I know people in Portland know all too well, you know, the risks that go along with that. But this idea that we need to have this, this discussion is not going to emerge from the NFL if the question of policing is ever going to be confronted. People in the NFL, like Michael Bennett and Malcolm Jenkins, and of course Colin Kaepernick, are certainly part of that movement, but they are a movement in and of itself, and they never will be. I think that's the starting point of us recognizing, like, like where's the court, and where's the horse, if you will, and where's the cart, and how this thing is going to forward. So if we're going to see any progress in I wanted to cut it off there because I was very interested in what he had to say. And I was interested in the question that Justin had for him on where does it go from here? And I like this answer because he said, we're not going to see the difference being made going forward. Like the difference isn't going to come solely from the NFL. Right. And I thought it was pretty interesting because I feel like a lot of people right now today, we live in such a trendy society. Um, News is on demand. Who knows? (laughs) It'll be in no time when Donald Trump will have some other wild stuff to say that'll take away from whatever we got going on right now in the actual NFL. And you got people saying stuff like, and, and, and here's the thing. We've talked about it, Rodney, on here where, your form of activism is your form of activism. Right. The way you choose or decide to help advance, in this case, this uh, is all about police brutality and, you know, that usually happening in the black community. Mm-hmm. So in this case, let's just say as athletes, your goal is to give back and help out your communities that you that you come from. Right. It's interesting because... Although these players can go back and help their communities that they come from, they can, you know, you can take a knee for police brutality. A lot of people fail to realize that even if this thing goes away really fast and goes away really quick because news is so on demand and society is so trendy these days. And like he says, you do have this 140 character Twitter culture to where things are forgotten about so fast. We may or we may not see the difference from these protests in our lifetime. Right. And that's where I think people have to get unwrapped from social media. I'm not saying that you can't go on social media and say your stance and say your piece. I do it all the time, especially as a sports radio host. Right. Social media. I have to engage with social media as as a sports radio host is what I do. But. If you think about it from a historic standpoint, many of the people, many of the activists that took a stance and 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 put up a fight for whatever it was that they believed in. I mean, the most popular, I would say, would probably be Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, we all know he had the I Have a Dream speech. Martin Luther King was killed in the 60s. He never got to physically see the advancement of African-Americans in the United States of America. And I want to be clear that we have seen better days in comparison to the people that came before us. But that doesn't mean we don't have a long way to go. Right. So I I don't want people to get wrapped up and to be discouraged by doing whatever it is that they're doing because they might not see that difference be made in their lifetime. What with, with it is because this is mainly about awareness, you know, right. getting people aware. It's kind of like a, a great example is breast cancer. You know, the pink for breast cancer is not going to just stop breast cancer. Right. But it's going to get people aware of what's going on. That's what this protest was mainly all about. It wasn't about, you know, getting it to stop. It wasn't about, you know, having it just, you know, things take time. 
you know, right. and it takes a long time too. Oh, yeah, a very yeah. long time, and, and we've came a long way from our ancestors, you know. Right. And so, um, where we at now, you know, just to get people aware and to see what's going on, and for them to accept the message, because a lot of people don't even want to accept what's going on. Yeah, it's hard for a lot of people to accept, and like I said, I for me. It's easy for me to sit here and say just because based on my own experience, if you don't want to accept the message, that's just your choice. Right. Because everything is laid out right in front of you. Exactly. I mean, I mean from from the history to now we get we're get we're getting these killings on camera. We're seeing all this stuff happening right on camera. I would think common sense could tell you and show you based on the history of this country why these athletes are taking a knee, why these athletes are conscious about what's going on in American society. America was built off of this kind of stuff. Exactly. And I love where I'm, I love being in them. I'm a proud American. Let's but put I'm, that out there. We I, are yeah, proud we're, Americans. We're proud, yeah. We're like, not anti-cops. <laughs> yeah. We're, we, we're nothing like that. Yeah, like I'm a proud American. I, 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 I'm I, born, I'm raised here. America's all I know. I've never left America before. Exactly. So, yeah. I, so. I mean, don't tell me because I do understand the struggles of what it is that these players are protesting and what it is that has these players socially conscious that I need to just get up and go like this isn't my home because it's my home too. Right. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to sit here and say that we need to fix what's going on in-house as well. Exactly. Because we've, we've had issues since the existence of this country. We've On this podcast alone, we've had Jacqueline Keeler come on and talk about even Native Americans and what their struggles are and what it is that they go through. We had we talk about women. We talk we've had rape and sexual assault. Like we don't really too much now. We we do we have a stance absolutely, but we try to cover as many bases as we can. Exactly. You know what I mean when it comes to um, groups of people that are oppressed or that are disadvantaged in this country. We usually obviously link it back to sports because this is a it's more of a sports podcast. I'm a sports radio host. You and I have been playing sports all our lives. But it doesn't mean that we hate America. And I'm also glad that Dave Zyron was able to tell that this message was not about the flag. It's about the reality that what the flag stands for is not being shown based on systematic oppression. Exactly. exactly. We want to stand for the flag. We want the freedoms that the flag supposedly symbolizes. We're not sitting here protesting the flag and disrespecting the flag because of what it stands for. Because if we were able to feel, at least based on our living experiences, like Zyron also said, because it's easy to sit and throw statistics out there. It's so very, easy. To, very it's easy. so easy to throw statistics out there. This country isn't perfect. The Democratic Party isn't perfect. The Republican Party isn't perfect. Conservatives aren't perfect. Uh, 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 oh man, I just get blank. It, get it. <laughs> <laughs> Conservatives aren't what the, liberals. The liberals. Man, liberals. The liberals. Right, yeah. Yeah, liberals yeah. aren't perfect. We all we're people. We're humans. This right. country isn't the foundation of this country isn't perfect. We lack a culture. This wasn't our land initially before. That's why they're called Native Americans because they were here. It's, it's, it's so many deficiencies when it comes to this country. You can throw as many statistics out there as you want to, either going right or left, because right. they, you know, yeah. people say that as well, going all right and all left. You can throw all of those statistics out there. You can do all of that, and we're just going to be talking in circles. But this is about the lived experiences of people. And I talked about that on the radio show as well. And I linked it back to my hometown and what my own lived experiences were. And like you said, this is not us sitting here bashing the police. Right. I, I know some police officers that are near and dear to my heart. I mean, one of you our know, coaches was what we had a, a police officer. We grew officer. up with a coach that was a police officer who was there for us, and who played a big exactly. part in us growing up, and quite frankly, being able to do what it is that we're doing right now, talking in front of these microphones. And at the same token, we had police officers who weren't as as nice. I would like to use the word nice. <laughs> right. Weren't <laughs> as nice as the treatment that we got. It, it, right. And a lot of people, like you said, get focused on the flag and the veterans, you know, and they say, think about the veterans and the families that lost their 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 loved ones to the to the uh, army or, or you know, a war or in the service. The military, right? right. But also I want them people to also sit back and think about the families that lost people to the police. 
Right. Police brutality, and there was nobody held accountable for it. Right. I want them, everybody to sit back and think about other people and put themselves in other people's shoes because a lot of people live, like you said, you had your experiences, and that's why you know what's going on. Right. But there's some people that haven't experienced it, but also wants to judge people that have experienced it right. and question why they do what they do. Like, we just want to experience that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. Like, you can sit here and look at it from a culture standpoint, from a music standpoint from a reality standpoint, from any different standpoint and outlook that you want to. But it's just hard for me to sit there and say that oppressed people are just bad people, that right, they, that yeah. their character, that they don't have good character, that they want to be living the lifestyle maybe that they've succumbed to because of the environment that they grew up in. Right. I feel like there's it's so much deeper than that. And me being one of those people that have been in inner cities, grew up in inner cities, I have friends who I know people personally who have died to police violence. I know what the inner city struggle is like. And one thing I also know is that majority of the people there aren't bad people. It's just survival of the fittest. Survival. They only know their, what they're taught. They only know what they're taught and what they grew up around and the environment that they were their products of their environment for the most part. You know what I mean? And in a lot of ways, I am as well. That's why I'm able to sit here. That's why I support these protests. That's why right. I'm willing to take these stances. I have a criminal record that's clean as a whistle. But why? like you said, we've had basketball coaches who took chances on us and gave us opportunities that we probably never would have been able to gotten, have gotten, including this one right now, talking in front of this microphone, had they not been there for us. Exactly. But... My reality is still, every time I get pulled over by a police officer, bro, my heart sink to my ankles. Pounce. <laughs> I just had to deal with the police not two, not two days ago. Yeah. One, one of the kids, I work at a group home, and one of the kids um, can't give their name out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just, I, I ended up talking with the police while I was there. Right. And my heart was beating. Yeah, just talking to him. Just talking to him. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's I, crazy. I'm talking about literally beating really fast. I didn't want to make too many sudden moves. Right. Almost told him what I was getting ready to do before I did it. <laughs> and, and if you really sit back and think about it, when you talk to a police officer, that's not how you should feel. Right. You should definitely feel safe, protected, because that's what they're there for, right? Right. But sometimes that's not the reality of it. And mm -hmm. it may not be reality to you, but it is reality reality to other people. Yeah, for sure. I, like I said, I've been pulled over. I, I'm. It's to the point for me where I've been pulled over Plenty more times than not. I mean, I, I'm a licensed driver. got a license. I'm good. I've been pulled over more times than not where I didn't receive anything. I didn't receive a ticket. I didn't receive a citation. I didn't receive a fix-it ticket. I didn't receive anything. Right. I just had to have an encounter with the police, maybe because of my skin color, maybe not. Obviously, they're not going to blatantly say that it's because of the color, the color of my skin. Right. But I do think it's not that much of a coincidence that I've been pulled over so many times and I got away scotch-free once they got to see and talk to me and interact with me that all my stuff was together. Right, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? I had what I needed. So what would you pull me over? Oh, for running a, a yellow light, huh? Okay. Oh, oh, you said I'm riding the Okay, whatever. All right. I just want to get out of here. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. You have a good. Oh, you want to go check my license? Oh, you. Oh, you're good. Right, you're good right. to go, Bob. And believe me when I say I'm not asking no questions. When they let me go, I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to sit here and back talk and argue and debate and talk about why. Oh, why are you pulling me over, sir? Is it because the color of my skin or is it because I don't got time for that because I don't know what's going to come from that. <laughs> and exactly. I'm not comfortable in believing in what's going to come from that. So I'm going to. Oh, here you go, sir. Boom, boom, boom. See you later. I'm going. I'm trying right. to avoid talking to you. I'm trying to avoid conversation with you as much as I possibly can just because I don't even know what's going to come from this. I don't want to think about what's going to come from this. And I just want to continue on with my day and not even worry about what you and I have going on. So I just think it's interesting because it is a reality for a lot of people. Like I said, I, I, I have no criminal record. Right, yeah. I, I'm clean as a whistle. I, 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 I've, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm good. You know what I mean? But it's got to be some type of reality there, a lived reality experience. Something's got to be there for me to be, like I said on the radio show, I, I'm, I'm a radio host in a major market. I get more nervous when I'm pulled over by the police rather than when I crack these microphone, microphones and talk to 
however many thousands of people happen to listen to the radio show. And I'm opening myself up for all types of criticism, for fact checking, right, for yeah. not seeming like I should be sitting in that seat and talking through the through a microphone mm-hmm. and the radio. I, and I'm talking about publicly. You can call in and criticize us. You can call in and disagree with all of that goes on. Like, you know what I mean? I open myself up for all of that every day of my life. That's what I do. That's what I do for a living. But the people that protect and service, I'm more nervous and interacting with them than I am cracking a microphone and opening up myself for these criticisms. And like I said, publicly too, publicly opening myself up for that. So it's just interesting. Like I said, I'm glad I got to play some of that. Uh, If you want to hear the rest of it, we actually, what ended up happening, you probably could hear it skipping out a little bit. Um, He obviously did the interview on the phone and it kind of did start to break up a little bit on the interview so we kind of had to cut the radio interview short but i'm definitely glad that he got a couple things across one was the message and two i love the fact that he said we may not see the full results from this solely from the nfl right like you said the fact that we're bringing awareness to it you never know whose life that might be changing day to day you never know what officer that may have made a decision Right. It could be happening right now. It's an officer who, before these protests happened, might have made a totally different decision when it comes to their interaction with an African-American man that they may have pulled over or had to arrest or whatever it is that they had to do. Just because they know that society is consciously aware about police violence and about police brutality, especially when it comes to African-American people in this country. We don't know. Yeah, we but don't if know. We don't, but if we don't put it out there, they don't know either. Yeah, if we don't talk about it and just brush it under the rug, we'll never figure it out. And with athletes, I really appreciate either athletes, celebrities, anybody that has a lot of a big fan base and a, a voice. A platform. And a platform. Right. I appreciate it because a lot of people say athletes need to stay in their lane. You know, they need to, they need to focus on that. But who would, who would get a, a message across quicker, me or Colin Kaepernick? Let's be completely honest here. Yeah. We need our people with a platform to use their voice for what they truly strongly feel for, if they feel for that, to speak up. Because they ain't the only ones that feel that way. Yeah. It's just the reality. They are not the only ones that feel that way. And like I said, when you have a president who's your most prominent political figure in this country that's willing to degrade them for peacefully protesting, it's a problem there. You're the president of the United States. You're the most looked up to person in politics in this country by default because of your position. You hold the most prominent position. Yeah, I know there's a Senate and yeah, I know right, there's a Congress. Yeah, exactly. I know I know this. But in I the know public eye in the public eye, you hold the most exactly. prominent political position in this country. So for you to degrade these athletes, and like I said on the radio show, these athletes like Marshawn Lynch who actually go back to the hood and and give back. And and he has his family first foundation and they throw football camps and they throw backpack drives and they're giving back to these young kids in the community. And they're the guys who give these young kids hope in these rougher inner city communities to actually maybe have some success in their future. They're the guys that's giving these kids tools to maybe possibly have some success and beat the odds in the future. Colin Kaepernick, as Dave Zirin said, he's got another Know Your Rights camp coming. What else? What did he say? I'm not wired to teach 500 kids, you know what I mean, that, that's exactly. eight years old, about history and nutrition. Colin Kaepernick is wired to do that. That's what Colin Kaepernick is out there doing outside of obviously still working out because he wants to be ready and prepared if he ever gets that call to come back and play in the NFL. And so can I ask you this? Yeah. Um, Do you feel he he should have a job now that the owners are are – Taking a knee. I mean, my my feelings for him having a job doesn't isn't dependent upon the owners. Right. Yeah. My feelings for him having a job is because there's just a lot of quarterbacks out there that aren't that good in the and NFL. We, we've seen it in the Re- past three weeks. I, I wouldn't want it to be a case where now do I want to see him get a job? Sure. Am I supportive of him still getting a job? Sure. Does he want to get a job? I'm quite sure he does. Right. But. And here's something else that I that I that I also wanted to get across because I've seen some people like the president crossed the line here. Exactly. Let's just be real about it. The president crossed the line here. 
But you have some people like, let's say, maybe a Ray Lewis, who has been heavily criticized <sighs> for, right. you know, taking exactly. a stance and kind of, you know, going and meeting with Trump and mm-hmm. this. He's been criticized for not favoring what these protests really stand for. He's been criticized for not supporting Colin Kaepernick. He's been criticized for these type of things. And I don't necess- I know he went down and got on the knee with the Ravens as well. And I, I know there's still some controversy behind what it was that he really went out there and took a knee for. I exactly. understand that. But what my point is, if there's a person that was initially supportive or not supportive, I should say, of Colin Kaepernick and more supportive of maybe Donald Trump and what it was that he stood for. If there was a person that was on that end of the spectrum who wasn't supportive of Kaepernick and was maybe more so supportive of the president that decided to switch sides based on the comments that the president made, please don't push them back to the side that they came from. Exactly. Please take them in with open arms and keep them on the side right. that we're on. Because that's what we're trying to do, right? <laughs> Create awareness Create, to bring them in. <laughs> then we deny them. Then, then what we, we do? deny them because of what they did in the past <laughs> right. and what they believe. Please don't do that. No. I, 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 I tweeted that out. I'm like, man, if these people decide to convert let because them. they finally get, if this is what it took for them to finally convert, let them convert and welcome them with, and welcome them with open arms. Because you need more support. You need more support. This is the point is to get people, like you said, aware, to open their eyes to some realities that they may not have lived that might take them a little bit longer to understand. Or it might take something as blatant or as explicit as what the president had to say about them players for these specific type of people to understand because right. that was blatant disrespect. And 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 as a president, you just got to understand that you shouldn't be blatantly disrespecting these players like that. I don't care. Right, yeah. I don't care what comes back your way. When you decided to take that job, you should have knew and understand what came with it. You should create unity. Exactly. Not division. And that As comment was straight division. Especially if we are the United States of America. Period. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Period. Don't sit here and tell me how much you love this country, which is called the USA, the United States of America. But you sitting here and you supporting a president that's clearly and blatantly not trying to unite this country. He's yeah. clearly and blatantly He's pretty doing much that. trying to let you know you could pick a side. Or you don't. Or you don't. <laughs> but there's not. We're not going to come together with this. Yeah. And, there's and no meeting ground. There's no. And he's not even trying to attempt and understand what it is that these players are 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 protesting for. Like you said, bro. When people don't want to see the message, they deflect. They start bringing up other things. Or oh, right. what about this? Or oh, this is not stopping that. Like no. Yeah. No. No. Look at the message. Look, look at, at the, the message. message. That's all. And it at is. least understand the message before you just move on to bringing up other other things. Because when you deflect. That shows that you're you're not willing. Everybody just starts talking in circles. In circles, we're we're ta- we're talking at each other, right? Yeah, now. we're talking in circles, and we're not coming together, which is supposedly the ultimate goal of this country, which is supposedly what the flag stands for and what the flag symbolizes. But you have a group of people that are protesting the country and the system because what that flag symbolizes is not being put out and shown by. These police being able to get away with these murders because they are murders, by the way, by the president speaking down on these athletes the way that he has. That is not showing or, you know, revealing exactly what it is that that flag is supposed to symbolize. So as that's really all I got to say on that. I'm going to leave him with this. Pounds. Go ahead. Let's put it like this. Since on the flag subject, if Rosa Parks sat in front of the bus do you think she was protesting public transportation just ask yourself that and leave them with that that's it that's it that's all because that's not what she was doing not at all <laughs> not at all what she was doing so that that's that you know what i mean and like y'all know we we are not scared to talk about this kind of stuff here on this podcast mm-hmm. we've been talking about it for a while since this podcast existed but there's still a lot more going on in the world of sports let's that get we on a lighter get to. note lighter note Nah, we ain't going to get on a lighter note yet. Let's get on this FBI note. Because that's not too much lighter to me. It's not. It's not at all because I seen one of the coaches that I really I really liked, Rick Pitino. 
Yeah, but I'm not surprised that Rick Pitino no, I'm not at all. Either, over his track history, <laughs> yeah. it was only a matter of time. I'm not surprised that Rick Pitino at all. What I'm more so interested to see, because this isn't the NCAA that's investigating. It's the FBI. It's the feds that are investigating. And you see these shoe companies and these apparel companies, I should say, right. such as Adidas. Now Nike has been subpoenaed for some issues that may have taken place as far as the EYBL is concerned, exactly, the league, yeah. basketball league, um, the crazy good AAU league that Nike hosts and runs. Um, I'm interested to see how this plays out going forward. For one, I'm interested to see because you got coaches that have gotten arrested. You have companies that I feel are getting ready to start. Adidas is going to start snitching on Nike. Nike's going to start snitching on Adidas. Coaches are going to start snitching on other coaches. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what it is that the NCAA does about this, how hard they crack down, because supposedly the NCAA had no idea until the FBI publicly you know, put it out there right. that coaches were being charged, bribery was going on. Um, what schools were a part of that up to this point. I still think it's an ongoing investigation. Exactly. But you know just as well as I do, once the FBI and the feds make something public, they got you. They got <laughs> they, you. Yeah. They, know, they know they got you. They got more than enough proof that they need. They've been sitting on that proof. They've been, they've been building up more proof for their case. And when the feds publicize an investigation and begin charging people, they got you. And, <laughs> and you know they, they it's in action because people are losing their jobs right now. Oh, yeah. People and, are definitely and, losing and, their jobs. And it's just interesting to see how these apparel companies are going to, the relationships, how it's going to change the relationships between these apparel companies and these universities. Because obviously we're right here. I mean, we're in a, we're in a sneaker capital for sure, but I guess you could say at least sports apparel capital we're in a city that has the Adidas headquarters as well as the Nike headquarters. We're in a city that's getting ready to host the PK-80 on Thanksgiving week in a couple months. And for those of you who don't, don't know what the PK-80 is, it's Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. It's his 80th birthday. There's a NCAA basketball tournament being hosted right here in Portland, uh, you got Duke, North Carolina, mm. Michigan State, mm. Texas Longhorns, mm. Gonzaga, Give it to Florida Gators, mm. obviously the University of Oregon. That's Nike University right there. Um, then you st- you got Portland State, PSU, just a bunch of elite teams that are uh, uh, uni- yeah Portland State University of Portland. They're the local teams that's in it, but they got to play against Duke and North Carolina. Portland State plays Duke in its first game of the tournament, and University of Portland plays North Carolina. It tells you a lot about that right now, but I'd say all that to say this is where it goes down when it comes to Nike and Adidas. We live right here in the headquarters, so this definitely heavily affects and influences the culture definitely. in which you and I happen to live in right now. So I'm interested to see going forward, is this going to be just a basketball thing? Is this going to turn into a thing with football? Because there's, let's be real, there's corruption when it comes to recruiting athletes. There's definitely The corruption corruption is there. The corruption has been there. It's no secret. Many people have known that, but it's a difference when the feds get involved. That means the NCAA is going to have to crack down hard. That means they're going to have to heavily intervene with these relationships, and I know there's a lot of coaches, athletic directors, et cetera, that are out there shaking in their boots right now because they don't know what's about to come from this. Mm-mm. And I, I don't know what's about to come from this. I don't either because it, it and it, with this subject, we all know that there's some things going on undercovers that, you know, that's probably about that's to be revealed. That's been going on. It's, it's been, been going, going on, on for <laughs> years, for a long time. And it, for them to even hit the AAU, Market, yeah, it's, they hit the AU market. It's, it's real right now. It's it's so real. It's so real. So I'm I'm I don't want to sit here and act like I mean obviously I've read up on it. I've seen the coaches that have gotten arrested. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what the end game is going to be from this and what it is to come from this. But it's definitely something worth talking about and keeping an eye on because. Being a guy that's played AAU, being a guy that's played college basketball, being a guy that kind of knows 
how the game goes, something is going to come from this. And oh, yeah. I just don't know how big that something is going to be, but it's definitely going to be some changes that have to be made because you now have the federal and the federal government involved in investigating and charging people charging for bribery and for these college basketball scandals. And I just don't know how effective this is going to be across the entire NCAA landscape and not just the college basketball basketball aspect of the NCAA. So that's just something I wanted to kind of briefly talk about. It's ongoing, so we don't know what's, like I said, we don't know what's next and what's to come from it. But definitely keep your eyes on what's going on there with Nike and Adidas, especially Adidas. Nike's been subpoenaed, but Adidas was who this all came out about when it came to these apparel companies paying these coaches, paying these players to get mm-hmm. them to come to these specific schools that they wanted that they want these guys to play for. But next let's get to the NBA because we're less than three weeks away from the NBA starting. NBA opening night, I believe it's October seventeenth, and I'm very excited for it. But over the weekend, we got more big news. OKC is the winner of the offseason. Are they? They up there in the finalists. It's between them and I believe probably the Cavaliers. And that sounds very controversial because what, what about the Warriors? I mean, yeah, the Warriors, they won. You know, they they made their bench better. They re-signed their guys. And they re-signed everybody. So, I mean, of course, they're they're winners, but I mean, okay, see see what they turned into Paul George and Carmelo. That's Almost unbelievable. I, I don't. If you were to tell me last year that they was going to get Carmelo and Paul George for Victor Oladipo and Ennis Kanter and Doug McDermott, <laughs> yeah, I would not believe pick, you. Yeah, in a draft pick, no, <laughs> I'll be like, maybe Stop a couple to draft picks. It doesn't matter what, how many draft picks for that value. But what do you? How do you think this changes the landscape of the Western Conference? Because I think the West is going to be real in- interesting this year. Obviously, you still have. The Warriors, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference too, because, like you said, they they've made some significant changes, and most recently, Dwayne Wade has joined the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what what does this do to the Western Conference this year, in your opinion? I'll share mine, but I want to know what you think this does to the Western Conference and how you foresee the Western Conference playing out. Well, lately, the Western Conference has been very strong, you know, in the past few years, but. I mean, the West is probably tougher than it's ever been lately. I mean, we have, what, four or five all or franchise players from the Eastern Conference coming over to the Western Conference. We got OKC with Russ, Paul George, and Carmelo on one team. We got CP3 and Harden on one team. So now it's just going to be a lot harder for the Warriors to, to do what they did last year, I think. I mean, Is it really? I, I think so, and this is why I say that. You know, last year they had a very perfect year as far as injuries, you know, and health. You know, Kevin Durant did get hurt, for, but for the most important parts of this their season, they were healthy. And so now it changes because I think with a full-strength Warriors team, they're still going to do what they did last year, right? Mm-hmm. But if there were to be somebody to go down, and I do not pray on that, that I do not wish anybody to get hurt or health or anything like that. But if it was to happen, now there's a team as in OKC, and we have to see what the Spurs look like. We have to see what Houston look like and the Timberwolves. I will put them in the conversation. Now they have a chance. I think I think the Timberwolves are still the most scary team to me, even more so than the OKC. I think the Timberwolves, I think they pretty much got all ends covered over there. I mean, you got Jimmy Butler. You now got Jamal Crawford. You already had Wiggins in town, so you got two of the two rising stars Picked in this league. Picked up Taj Gibson. Picked up Taj Gibson. Jeff Teague is over there, Jeff so Teague. you got a point guard with playoff experience. Then we and we got Tom Thibodeau as a coach. You got Tom Thibodeau. Tibbs always been a solid coach, so I'm really interested to see how it plays out for Minnesota over there. But I mean, the Warriors are still at in a class by themselves. I still don't think, even though you got Paul George and Carmelo Anthony on that Thunder team, I still think the Warriors are in a league of their own when it comes to the NBA, the Western Conference in particular. I still don't know if the Thunder will be a top three team in the Western Conference. Oh, we. Devon Pouncey. 
I still don't know. They're not in the top three anymore. The Spurs know how to win basketball games. That doesn't mean they're not a contender. I think top four in the Western Conference, you're easily a contender, and you don't want to have to play anybody in the top four. I'm interested to see what the Rockets do, though. And so you truly think that the Rockets have a better chance I think the, the Rockets could I think the Rockets could still win more games in the regular season than the Thunder. And you gotta take this into consideration. For the most part, the Rockets know how to play with each other. I mean, they they brought in Chris Paul. Very significant pickup. But I think when it comes to this Thunder team, I think they got a lot of firepower, obviously. But I'm not sold on if they're gonna be able to play together. I'm just not. I'm just not. I can they see that. obviously can go out there and beat any team on any given night. All they got to do is get hot. Exactly. They got the firepower to beat any team on any given night. But I want to see how this chemistry kind of meshes together. I feel like the Warriors had more of a selfless culture there. Yeah, that's their culture. When you over brought there. Kevin Durant there, they, they Kevin Durant came and joined Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, all guys who were bought into winning. Right. Obviously, Carmelo wants to win. Obviously, any basketball player wants to win. But what else is on their mind? Well, I'm be honest. What with else you. is? Do they stay in Oklahoma City after this year? Is Carmelo just coming to get out? He gets out of New York. He gives himself a chance to play on a contending team just because of who it is that he joined. So you're still going to have a chance because your team is that talented. But. Does that translate to wins early on in the season? Later on, I expect them to be in the playoffs. I expect them to make noise in the playoffs. I'm not saying that they can't make it to the conference finals. That's not what I'm saying when I'm saying, are they going to be a top three team in the in the Western Conference? What I mean that by is in the regular season. Right, are they yeah. going to end as a top three team in the Western Conference? They could start off shaky, though. They could start off shaky. I would think the pressure is on Billy Donovan, you know, um, how he's going to stagger their minutes so the bench is not out there with without a superstar on the court. How is he going to complement all three players together? You know, they all are ball-dominant players. Paul George, not as much as them two, but he was a ball-dominant. Because he was all he had yeah, on that exactly. team. So that's the, what he's how he's accustomed to playing in exactly. the NBA. So for them three to mesh, it is, that's going to be a very big point into how successful they are in the regular season, also in the playoffs. And I just think there's other teams in the Western Conference that are that good that if they figure out how to mesh before the Thunder figure out how right, to mesh, yeah. that can lead to losses. Like I said, that doesn't mean the Thunder can't make it to the conference finals. They can beat anybody on any given night just because they have the talent to do so. Right. But there's a lot of other teams in the Western Conference that can beat anybody on any given night because exactly. they have the talent to do so. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm not just giving it to the Thunder because they have those three guys and who, Steven Adams, who else do they have? Right, yeah. Who yeah. else do they have? If these three guys are having to try and figure it out, Steven Adams, he's a solid big. He's solid. He's, he's, you don't need much more at the center position in today's NBA. You don't need much more. You'll take more, obviously. I'm not sitting here saying he's an elite center, but when you have a supporting cast, well, not even a supporting cast because he is the supporting cast, but when you have a big three like Russ, Melo, and Paul George, you, can, you, you could take having Steve Adams as your center. It, it can work. It can definitely work. But I just think the Western Conference is still so tough. You have teams that can still go out there and win. You have even right here in the market. Now the Blazers, they're not. Are, are, is it going to be tough for them? Absolutely. It's going to be very tough for them. But they're still a team that knows how to get to the playoffs. They're still a team that's been to the playoffs for the last consecutive four or five years. They, they've been to the playoffs every year except for Dame's rookie year in the NBA. They know how to get there and win games. You still have a Denver Nuggets team that now has Paul Millsap. They were in the playoff race. You still have a Pelicans team who has Rondo now, and they still have Anthony Davis and DeMarcus and Cousins. I think a lot of people sleeping on them. You know, you they, gotta, they, they try to go off what happened last year, but that, that was that, not no, a fair that chance. Wasn't, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Let not them at get all. a training camp together. Let them right. get some, some chemistry together. And you this can't is, just count them out. And this is what I'm trying to say. I'm not counting the thunder out either, but I'm not going to just 
hand it over to the Thunder exactly. either because it's a loaded mm-hmm. conference. And then you still – their best chance is going to beat a lot of those Eastern Conference teams, and you're still going to have to see what Kyrie can go do with Boston – the Cavaliers are super dangerous. I, I honestly, think they're better now than they were last year. They're definitely better. Than they're, 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 they're better. They're deeper. They have they're some way depth. deeper. I mean, they're almost too deep at every position. Yeah, they 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 they're better than they were last year. But like I said, I'm speaking more so particular in the Western Conference. I'm not just gonna give them. I'm not even just gonna give them 50 wins that easy. Right. It may get 47, 48, <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but 50 wins is not going to be easy to do this year with so many teams that are so good that are all expected to be playing in April in the postseason. Teams are going to have to – it's going to be dog fights out there in the NBA this year, and teams are going to have to come out and try to win basketball games. And when you have as much talent out there as many of these other teams do on any given night, you can go out there and lose a game. So it'll be interesting to see, like I said, the Thunder, not a team you want to play in the playoffs with that firepower. Definitely don't want to play. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I like, don't even I'm not, think you want. To, you don't want to play Minnesota. You, you don't want to. Ex- you don't you want don't, to run into Harden and CP. You don't. You, de- you, you don't, don't want to run into the Warriors. Warriors you don't want to play the Spurs. You don't want. You don't want to run into uh, Boogie and Anthony Davis. You don't. You might. Dame. I mean, I know Dame and them got swept last year, but. They got swept, but in those first three games, they were able to at least keep it close, and they didn't have Nurkic. We still got to see how they can play with them. There's teams out there that you just don't want to play because any any given night they got guys who can catch fire. This Easter Conference, though, is um, it's it's not it's, it's LeBron. You know, yeah, um, love, yeah. The Cavaliers. Got, I mean, they just stacked up. With, yeah, that nobody. They're they're in a league of their own as yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Celtics. I mean, they're good, but their depth is going to be questioned. Uh, same with the Washington Wizards. Same with Toronto. You know, um, other than that, I mean, we still got uh, Milwaukee, but Cavaliers. The way they just uh, stacked up at every position. Yeah, they're 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 definitely. They're back to the, the finals. They're, they're, they're an easy favorite in the Eastern Conference. And then, But the West, we I still will say the Warriors definitely are the favorites to not just win the West, but to win the, the finals, of course. But it definitely will not be a 16-1 record. Yeah, I just want to see day. I just want to see what teams are going to figure it out. And this, this is probably the most excited I've been for the NBA in a long yeah, time. Yeah, because that's really what I think it comes down to is who's going to figure it out. Teams have talent. Like I said, the, the Thunder have talent. The, the Rockets have talent. The Warriors, they've already got it figured out. The Spurs have already got it figured out. You know, who's going to figure mm-hmm. Minnesota has talent. Yeah. Who's going to figure it out? The, the, like, I think I said the Pelicans already. They have talent. Like I said, right here in Portland, you still got Damon, CJ, and you still got Nurkic. I'm, and I'm definitely not saying that they're a contender, but – they're a team that knows how to find their way into the playoffs. And the Nuggets year are, in and year are out. The got, Nuggets got better. They, they got a lot they better. They were a game or two out last year, and they added Paul Millsap, who's a legit all-star in this league. The Nuggets got better, and I'm sure they have a chip on their shoulder as well. Definitely. Memphis figures out a way to get in the playoffs. These are teams that know how to get into the playoffs in a Western Conference that's already been tough. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see experience versus talent. Do I ultimately think talent will win? Absolutely. But some of these teams have experience with the, with enough talent to go out and beat some of these talented teams that don't have enough experience Because we've seen together. it before. We, we've, absolutely. I mean, we've seen the Warriors lose by, what, 30 on their opening night? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, yeah, they exactly. did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen Cleveland yeah. when LeBron came back. They struggled through the first about 20 games. Yeah, for sure. So it's so it'll be interesting to see because I think this year, earlier in the season, is usually it's that after All-Star break, teams start to pick up the pace. Everybody's trying to scramble up wins to try to get into that playoff race. Obviously, you're still going to have a playoff race at the end of the year. That It happens every year. It's inevitable. But I think the beginning of the season is more important this year than it's ever been because if you are a team like the Blazers, you want to go out there and catch these teams like the Spurs caught the right. Warriors on the first game of the season last year. The Blazers, you have your core. You know who you you know what you got to work with. This is what you've been having to work with for the most part. You only change you made was Crab going down to Brooklyn, but you know what you got to work with. You know how you got to play to get into the playoffs. 
take advantage in the first half of the season. Right. You're still going to have to play hard in the second half of the but season. But get that hot start. But get a hot start. Give yourself more of an advantage rather than last year when you had to go 13-3 and in March. Right. You exactly. know what I mean? But that also happened after you made that trade for Yusuf Nurkic. Let's see if Yusuf Nurkic could be that much of a difference maker like he was in the 19 games that he did play with the Blazers last year where they were 13-3 and in March. Dame was the conference player of the month in March. They got hot, but they also knew how to get hot because they've been there before. Exactly. So it'll just be interesting to see how it all plays out. And outside of the Warriors, I'm not guaranteeing anything from anybody else. Honestly, from two through eight, I couldn't guarantee you the spot. You can't I couldn't do tell that. you who's going to be two, three, four, and, five, none of that. And that's why I know you thought I was crazy when I said that I'm not even going to consider. Talent-wise, firepower-wise, they can beat anybody in the Western Conference. But based on the landscape of the NBA and based on how things are still going to have to get figured out, I'm not just going to hand it to them like I'm going to hand it to the Warriors. I'm just not going to do it. So so do you think, um, I'm sure from your tone of voice and, and how we've been going, you think the Warriors are definitely going to win the finals? Or they have the edge? Yeah, they're the favorite. They're the favorite, They're right? the favorite. I don't see a team so, better than them yet which because team, they got better. Which team in the Western Conference do you think have the best chance to knock them off? I'm telling you, man, you call me crazy, but I've already said, and, and I'm going to stick with it. And sometimes you got to do this in sports, especially in sports radio. <laughs> that Minnesota team is dangerous to me. I agree. That Minnesota team is really dangerous to me. Yeah. Like, like Carl Anthony Towns averaged 25 and 12 last year. Wiggins put up 30, I mean 20 a game, excuse me, 22. last year. 22 a game last and, year. And Jimmy Butler, 23. And Jimmy Butler, 23. And they both play defense. Now you got with a two. defensive-minded coach. With a defensive-minded coach. Carl Anthony Towns is an elite big man. And then you got Jamal Crawford. And Shabazz Muhammad is not Shabazz bad Muhammad. off the bench. I, I, I would start Shabazz and bring Jamal off the bench just because we know how valuable Jamal has been Coming on, I would start Teague at the point. I would do I would do Shabazz, Jimmy. I would either go this route. I would either go Shabazz, Jimmy, and um and 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 uh Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, or I'll bring Shabazz and Jamal off the bench and I'll start Teague. I'll start I'll start Jimmy. I'll start Wiggins. I'll start Taj Gibson. And they, and they and say then, Carl and Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony that, That's Towns. what they said to project it. That's projected. That's projected. Either way, I'm fine with it because I think you're going to see that lineup so much where Gibson is on the bench and you can put Wiggins out of four and Jimmy out of three. that's what type of NBA we're in today. Exactly. And you know, Jimmy, you, you play small. they got so many. They could play every kind of way. And, and defensively, they're scary because, you know, Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins could have a night where they need them to play straight defense and Carl Anthony Towns can take on the, the load. paint. Yeah. And score and score. And, sc- and, yeah, then, exactly. and then like I said, Jamal knows how to come in and fill it up too. Jamal can score mm-hmm. with the best of and them. And then Jeff Teague is a is a veteran. He point can, guard. He's a veteran. He's been there. He knows how to distribute. He he can make everybody better and around him. I think him. he finally understood, or I think the NBA should understand that Jeff Teague is not this star point guard that he was projected to be. No. And he's more so of that point guard that's just solid. Solid. And that's all they need. That's all they need. That's really all they need. So I'm with you on Minnesota being very dangerous. I, they're dangerous this year. to me, they're man. They're definitely I, dangerous. I think, and I think they have guys who don't really have egos. They don't. Of all the teams outside of the Warriors, the Rockets, Harden's got an ego. Chris Paul has got an ego of his own, not because he's selfish, but because he's such a leader and he's so demanding. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's always been, and the, he man always on his been team. the man on his team, and he's a point guard that runs his teams. He's got an ego. Obviously, the Thunders, the Thunder players, they have egos. I feel like with Minnesota, Jimmy Butler is not that egotistical because he came from starting off averaging, what, like two points a game when he first got into the league. He knows what it's like to work his way up to become a star in this league. Towns and Wiggins are so young that I think they're going to be happy to just be able to play on a winning team now. Exactly. Jamal Crawford, he doesn't have an ego. He's been a star. He's a starter. He's got talent of a starter, but he 
he takes on that six-man role like no other, one of the best six-men of all time. Exactly. So Teague is a point guard who's willing to distribute and get everybody around there, around him their shots that they need and that mm-hmm. they want, and he'll knock down the open shot when need be and go back and play defense. you got a defensive-minded coach that's not looking to outscore teams, although he's got enough firepower to do that now exactly. as well. Exactly. He wants to go out. I just think they got something to work with. The, obviously, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo, that's egos over there. A, a lot, lot of, of these teams have egos, and I feel like Minnesota is the team that doesn't have an ego but has just as much talent as everybody else with maybe the exception of the Warriors. So that's the team I'm most scared of in the Western Conference. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. This is, uh, this is, I mean, it don't really matter, but I played 2K with uh, Minnesota on 2K18. They nice. They nice. <laughs> I'm talking about nice. <laughs> nice. I'm they talking are. about that's probably the favorite team to play with because it's so well balanced. It's balanced. You could do anything. It's they're nice. I'm telling you. I know. Very I athletic. Know. Very long. Very physical. With the type of coach they got, they remind me kind of of the Bulls that he had with just a little bit more talent. What you about to go do right now? What I'm about to go do? Yeah. After this, man. I don't know. I might have to come chop you in 2K. Now, look, Pounce. I'm going to come chop you in 2K. Can you be real and tell the world? We ain't played 2K18. Yeah, the 2K17, I'm about to come you ain't got to win in I'm the house I'm about to come yet. chop you in 2K. No, I, I just beat Bruce the last time I came over there. Did you beat Zay? I beat. I didn't beat play Bruce? Zay. You beat Bruce? I just played. The last time I came over there and played, I beat Bruce. I didn't play you because you were scared. So, <laughs> so with that being said, we're going to wrap the podcast up today. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I'm getting ready to go chop Rodney in 2K. You got the new 2K18? 2K18, we about I got to, I'm about to go chop Rodney in 2K18. So, with that being said, we're going to leave the podcast today on that note and I ask you to do what I always ask and that is to stay woke and go in.